Good afternoon. I am so glad that you're here with me today. Welcome back to our third season where we will be focusing on the concept of grief. This topic came up for me as I've been working through changing seasons in my life, and it has become obvious that there are several experiences and pieces of me that I have not yet grieved. In season one, we touched on triggers and how a huge part of our reaction to any given situation has to do with past experiences. A part of our healing process has to do with grief. The word grief often makes us uncomfortable because with that comes pain. We live in a society where the goal is often to minimize pain as quickly and as much as possible. We teach our children that buying a new gadget or eating a delicious meal or fading away into a movie will make it better. As adults, instead of knowing how to self-soothe and how to lean on the Holy Spirit for comfort, we have become addicted to anything that will allow us to temporarily forget or to mask any pain trying to bubble at the surface. Years ago, my youngest daughter had a pet tree frog. Truthfully, we did not know how to take care of a frog, so we bulked up on information from Google and the pet store and hoped for the best. As it turns out, it is important to dust their food, primarily crickets, in vitamin powder because if they become calcium deficient, they can develop metabolic bone disease. We came to know this as one night after the kids were in bed, I witnessed the frog, now affectionately known as Hoppy, start to move slower and slower until he stretched out on a log and stopped moving. I was staring, willing it to move, to be just sleeping or hypnotized by something in his terrarium, but he had died. I knew I wasn't waking up my daughter to tell her, so I covered the tank with a towel and I went to bed. And the next morning, I sat to tell her about the loss before she went downstairs to feed him. I let her cry and rest her head on my shoulder. One thing I knew from my formal education was how important it was to let your children grieve. So I let her cry until she couldn't anymore. I didn't run out and buy her a new frog. The tree frog sat underneath the towel for three days. When my daughter was ready, we packed him in a little box, walked him down a wooded path, and buried him next to a tree she had planted just months before. That was her process. Still, at that time in my life, I had no idea what my process was. I had become an expert at avoiding pain and grief. And as I have set out to discover this for myself, I have learned so many things. First, I had to let go of the theories. Formal education is wonderful, but something is lost when we marry ourselves to the words in a textbook. I had become extremely familiar with the stages presented by Kubler-Ross. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. These were the stages of grief presented. I got to know them well. And there's something to that. It's helpful information. But I couldn't recognize grief for a long time because it looked so different for me and for many others. If you look through scripture, there are many examples of grief that take on their own shape. Look at David, Jonah, and Job just to get us started. Then I had to begin to recognize the extent to why and what people grieve. Typically, we think of the loss of a person close to us. A loved one passes, 
moves away or decides to end the relationship, and we feel a loss. But grief extends far beyond that. What about the lost childhood you are forced to leave behind as you faced adult issues far too young? What about the relationship with a parent that wasn't quite what you wanted it to be? What if grief was known in times when the consequence of sin included distance from our Heavenly Father, or during recovery when it is time to let go of the old self? How about moments of jealousy or pride where our self-concept of is threatened, or the moment we realize our health is declining and our body is changing? Do we grieve those? Do we grieve the state of the world, the pain people are feeling around us? Loss of understanding and old perceptions and habits and attitudes. Even while reveling in the gift of freedom we received from the sacrifice made at the cross, do we grieve the pain and suffering, ridicule and denial that Jesus endured on our behalf? Lastly, I had to understand that our process of grief will change over time and look different depending on a variety of factors. The experience of grief can change with age, a shift in support systems, growth, and healing in other areas, as well as what we are grieving. One thing we know is that the Bible makes it clear that we will have trouble in this world. John 16.33 states, In this world you will have trouble. Often forgotten are the words surrounding this. The full verse states, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. We are also made aware that we have a comforter in our Savior. That we are not alone in times of trial and loss. Psalm 34.18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. John 16.22 So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. And Revelations 21.4 Which says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. The beauty of this truth is that one day all loss and pain and grief will be gone. The puzzling piece is neglecting the idea so often taught or implied in church culture that if we love Jesus and accept his words to be true, that peace should always be flowing out of us now. Right here, where we stand, that joy will replace every heartache if we would only saturate ourselves in the Word of God. So grief is continued to be talked about in theory. Loss of a loved one becomes the moment of focus, the acceptable situation. A couple of times over the past years, I've shared a story from recovery where a gentleman had a termite problem with his house. He complained over and over again, and one day he was prayed over that God would eradicate the termites. The following week, his house burned down. The response from one of the group members was, at least the termites are gone. Now, there's a deeper and more wonderful meaning to this story, and it's one I have used myself to express lessons of faith and surrender. But think of that response on its own and imagine similar situations that have happened to you. 
you lose your job. And you hear, at least you saved up some money to help you through this. You're ending a relationship that wasn't entirely healthy. And someone says, finally, you can start focusing on other things in your life. Or you realize for the first time in a long time that you never had a dad. And someone shouts from the rooftop, ah, but you have a heavenly father that adores you. And that's so much better. All true. These statements are all so true. So real. And helpful if the person has grieved the loss. Sometimes we say something that pushes grief aside and rushes the person into the place they're not yet ready to be. Or we focus on the theory of grief and believe the person should be at a particular place in their process, wondering what is wrong with them and when they clearly are not. We make predictions about what they need and how they need it. And how often do we do this to ourselves? How often do we try to push aside grief and rush to the place we are not ready to be? How often do we focus on the theory of grief and believe we should be at a certain place and wonder why we're not, why we can't move through, why we can't stop feeling the pain? How often do we make predictions about what we need and how we need it, not turning to the one who knows all? This series is going to look at all of these pieces. We are pushing aside theory and focusing on the heart of grief. So what are you grieving right now? Are you allowing the process to unfold? Think about this as we dive into the journey of grief together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you tell us to come to you not as polished stones, but with our rough edges, cracks, and imperfections. So here I am. You know what my heart is grieving today, and you know what I need. So I lay it all at your feet. Help me to lean into you as I take this journey one step at a time. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. I will see you next week with the irony of loss. What are we missing? God bless.